Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. Today, I have with me Alana Gombert. She is the Chief Revenue Officer at MetaX and also the co-founder of Digital Asset Trade Association. Welcome, Alana. How are you? Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm great. <laughs> of course. We are so excited to learn about both of these things that you're involved in. So let's go ahead and start with MetaX. Give us an overview of what it is and what you do. Absolutely. MetaX was formed around the notion of cleaning up the supply chain in digital advertising. Uh, the founder, Ken Brooke, and also myself come from the advertising world. Um, I started off at DoubleClick, which was one of the first ad servers, and Ken ran a number of different startups um, on the ad network side. And we both, we met on stage actually at the ARF conference last year in New York City. Uh, I was still running ad standards at the time. So my last job before MetaX was I ran digital ad standards globally. I run the IAB Tech Lab, and Ken had just formed MetaX. We, we met and talked about the ills of advertising. Um, the fraud problem in digital advertising right now reaches around $9 billion a year. Um, and we both shared a sentiment around cleaning up the mess, so to speak. And I was thinking about my future. Um, would I leave advertising altogether? Would I join a startup? Would I create my own company? And his, his approach with MetaX was, 
to create a DAP on Ethereum to help create uh, sanity uh, and a layer of transparency never seen before within the digital advertising supply chain. So I opted to join MetaX. Wow, that's that's a great deal of things that you've got on your plate there. And <laughs> tell us a little bit about then um, Digital Asset Trade Association. Yes, so sure. So I I will tell you the entire story. It's very brief. We just formed it. <laughs> um, I met a very intelligent woman named Jill Richmond in Davos. Uh, at Crypto HQ, um, which is one of the houses there uh, this year at Davos that was spearheaded by Brittany Kaiser. Uh, and we were talking about the, the importance of lobbying and talking to regulators kind of in an old school way. And my experience at the IAB Tech Lab, I was very well versed in, in lob- the lobbying function and the lobbying uh, process, both in the U.S. on the Hill and also in Europe and Asia. And there really wasn't an entity that was doing that for crypto slash blockchain in general. There are amazing organizations out there uh, on the think tank side and on the research side, as well as uh, on the branding side, if you will. You know, we have Coin Center, we have the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance, um, but we don't have a, a straight shot lobbying organization for crypto slash blockchain. So we decided uh, amongst a number of other co-founders um, to create that just that globally. Um, so we convened in D.C. Jill uh, is the one who called that meeting in D.C., Jill Richmond, and we discussed how to create this trade. And out of that four-hour meeting, we decided uh, <laughs> to create it, and John Wise, the CEO of Loki, is the one who named it. Um, so we are now incorporated. We, the first project we worked on together as a team was in Wyoming. We helped pass those five crypto bills that Caitlin Long spearheaded in partnership with her crack team on the ground there in Wyoming. Uh, and we were on the ground. Uh, we helped to do anything she asked us to do. Uh, we supported on the Senate floor. Uh, we were definitely going back and forth and lobbying ourselves in support of all those bills. Uh, and now we're doing the same thing in other states. We're also involved in the federal level, meeting with agencies, um, talking through definitions of, of what and how we can operate within the crypto sphere, and most importantly, keep the crypto businesses in the United States, not having to go out and, and domicile elsewhere, be it Switzerland, Singapore, Gibraltar, et cetera. Wow. So it's really, you're really honing it into like a mother base for everything. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to be helpful. We're trying to really focus on one thing and that, that thing being lobbying and, and activism and re- having a repeat plan and a repeat process to help enact change. And Wyoming was a really great first template. And now we're expanding out on the state level, federal level, Europe, and beyond. Very, very exciting. So bouncing back to MetaX, for advertisers who are coming in there, you, you're saying that blockchain has the capacity to transform your ad spend for advertisers. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. The, the digital advertising supply chain currently, in its current form, is very opaque. And there are lots of ways to defraud the system. With, with opacity comes fraud. And with the presence of money, there definitely comes fraud. Um, obviously, there's more of an attraction to a system when the more valuable it is. Uh, so MetaX, at its core, we created a registry that's called AdChain. And it's the first token curated registry out there in existence on Ethereum. We built it in partnership with Consensus. Uh, and our token, Ad Token, is a utility token slash consumer token that is used for voting. 
And what we do within the Ad Chain Registry is that there is a list of publisher URLs that serve as, and the token holders vote those URLs in or out of the registry based on the, the consensus definition of quality. That list becomes a universal whitelist for digital advertising and for digital buyers to use. And so it's a self-regulation tool where you can report bad actors, you can vote in quality, quote-unquote, quality publishers, all in the construct of just holding a token, using that token to vote. Wow, that, that frees up a lot of a lot of other revenues for the advertiser. It does, and it, it gives peace of mind. And one of the biggest issues right now in advertising, I think this also translates over to other industries, it's very hard to report bad actors, mostly because of profit incentive. If you report a bad actor to a trade, um, to another company, there's always this fear of losing revenue. Um, in this case, it is a very egalitarian system where all you're doing is voting a URL in or out, be it publisher to start. So we're launching the first ad chain instance in production on the Ethereum mainnet at the end of April. And that will be uh, a QA release candidate. And then we'll launch fully to production in the following week. Uh, but that that release and really harkens and signals to the community and gives a way that is not currently extant in advertising, it gives a way to communicate with the players. And all you have to do is hold the tokens. You can be a consumer, you can be um, a company, you can be anyone and engage in the same way and the same level of, of transparency and have the same power. That's pretty That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a very new sort of way of thinking about it, reconceptualizing it. Yes. So what really, I guess, motivates you within this company? What, what is your personal motivation? The company's mission and value system is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I joined the company, I, I tell Ken this all the time, at one, because the mission was clear to me and I believed in it, and but two, and equally as important, um, the, the folks that work there I all share the same value system, and we really want to build product that ties into the decentralized world and it also changes the world and changes perception. And that shared mission is really getting us to push our limits, both on the, the product side. We're, we're innovating in a way that I have not experienced before, which is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. And we're thinking about things very much from a decentralized perspective. And, you know, I think that's been strengthened by adding in other topics to the conversation, be it identity. And identity, I mean consumer identity. How do you control your own destiny? And it could be through a TCR, right, a token curated registry, which is what AdChain is. But you can adapt that model and do different things with that token voting governance system. So, you know, it's opened up a whole new world of thinking about how to make the world better and how to make the world better from a consumer perspective, as well as, you know, not just from a corporate perspective. Exactly. You're giving the people a lot more power of their own Power to product. the people. That's right. Power to the people. Exactly right. <laughs> so when an advertiser comes to you, I guess, walk us through what, what they can expect when they when they want to work with you. Absolutely. Right now, it's very simple. Um, they can pull that whitelist from AdChain, uh, and they can really just benefit from the voting behaviors of the community. They don't have to vote. They can if they want to. Um, but as an advertiser, you can benefit by just pulling down that whitelist that's already been curated for you by the token holders. That's number one. Uh, number two, as, as the system becomes more robust and as we add advertisers, so right now we're launching with publisher, we'll, we will add list of advertisers in probably four to five months after launch of the first registry. And then obviously it is another conversation piece for the advertiser where they also will be scored, quote unquote, by the community. Um, and then really asking the advertisers 
to make help our agencies use these lists for baseline white lists. It's really important because you're really answering to the power of the community uh, at large. And so I think it's really important for the, the marketers, the advertisers, to demand that, that agencies will use these lists on behalf of them when they do their, when they execute their buys. Wow. So it, it really is, you know, you're kind of taking them by the hand, but you're allowing them to sit back and observe first before they even have to jump in. Yes, absolutely, yes. We've um, had marketers call us for their own TCRs. <laughs> so, you know, I think we're working through what that looks like right now and, and, and if it does make sense or not. You know, so, some problems, obviously, it does make sense and some, you know, we can, we can build other things potentially for them. But, yeah, that's another secondary effect. Excellent. So where do you where do you see this all going? I mean, you're building this really incredible thing right now. You know, what are your personal goals and what do you think is the industry as a whole moving forward towards? Yeah, so personal goal-wise, I really want to see ad chain deployed to the main net in a successful way in partnership with the Meta X and Consensus team. Um, this has really been a labor of love for all involved. Uh, be it Mike Golden at Consensus, um, the team at MetaX can really, number one priority is getting that registry out into the wild safely and successfully. Um, after that, it's really thinking about ways to use token curated registries in, in other walks of life, including advertising, um, adding the advertiser registry to the ad chain registry, uh, and then thinking about other ways to use centralized systems and the support of transparent supply chains. And then for the industry as a whole, same same kind of idea. Industry as a whole, you know, I think what's what's interesting to me is that when you talked about crypto slash blockchain, I would say even six months ago, there was really no bleed over into the corporate environment. Um, the conferences, like trade conferences, everyone had a blockchain panel and everyone's kind of stayed the same thing. Oh, blockchain, not Bitcoin. That was really it, <laughs> right? There wasn't really a concept of more, a more of a deep dive into the interworkings of consensus mechanisms, um, proof of work versus proof of stake, you know, things that we talk about in the crypto blockchain world that we don't, doesn't really enter into the mainstream conversation of vertical conferences. Um, it's, it's starting to happen now. So I think the industry as a whole is defining what the industry is, is is interesting. So in the crypto blockchain industry, I think the bleed over into quote unquote more corporate or more mainstream environments is happening. It'll happen at a faster rate uh, as this year progresses. And I think you're going to see a shift in mindset, uh, especially towards decentralized identity, um, focusing on the consumer, focusing on ways to protect data um, across the board that will bridge the gap between or the, the final, I guess, hop, if you will, between the, the more corporate mainstream world and our world. Yeah, you were kind of answering my question I had next was going to be what what is going to give them that final push where we're going to all be talking about blockchain and crypto in a way that is normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really believe strongly and looking at, look at the events of the past couple of weeks, um, in the U.S. Uh, with Facebook, looking at other things that at GDPR uh, over in Europe, you know, there's a big focus on consumer data and consumer identity and managing that. And it is one of the most valuable things out there in the wild, um, especially for an individual, but also for a corporation and beyond. So thinking about ways to put structure and governance around that, people have been trying that for years and failed miserably every single time. I think with blockchain and blockchain technology, there's a real way to do this 
I mean, even using TCRs, right? You could vote variables that everyone agrees to that can be shared out into the wild, right? There's no stopping you from doing that as a community, a global community. So, you know, I think they're interesting days to come. No, absolutely. And and just like you said, as soon as you give the people power, then creativity can flow and you can come up with new ideas, which then drive absolutely. drive the technology. I, what I would love to see is people creating their own TCRs, right? And creating own TCRs for governance that, that catch on, um, you know, things like, data identity management um, coming from individuals. I think that would be the, the coolest thing ever. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, the de- the decentralization is, is really an interesting idea because you have to have security and you need to have security measures, but then we're kind of flipping back to the same sort of system in a way. Right. So trying to balance exactly. that is hard. It is hard. You know, someone pointed out to me today, I was talking to uh, a reporter this morning and, and he t- brought up Greek democracy. And I'm like, well, I understand that. But, you know, there has to be elements of evolution in human society. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think with, with checks and balances that are very quick, um, i.e. computing uh, and the way computing is structured, I think creating consensus mechanisms that, that work and don't end in chaos are here. Uh, it's really, you know, it's a different time than, than Greek politics. And I think even Greek politics back in the day, you know, I'm sure it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you've mentioned a couple ways that blockchain is changing the world. Are there any ways that you can foresee that it's going to start changing the world that maybe we haven't even thought of? I think when it comes down to letting, end, well, letting is the wrong word, when something is open sourced, open source has always been controlled, right? Be it any open source project usually has a commit group that approves commit changes. So the notion of, of a really open technology stack in general um, hasn't really been out in the wild, at full board at least. This is interesting because it's very different. People can spin up their own dApps, their own governance entities, their own governance dApps, um, and they don't have to have the same oversight. So what I'm really interested to see is what comes out of this, um, because creative, to your point, I think earlier, you can be creative, right? And you can go out and you can take what's already out there in the open source community and you can build your own solution. And I am really intrigued to see what comes out. I mean, I've been fascinated to see what's been coming out of some of the consensus projects. I mean, Solarius, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Um, hmm. It's really cool. You know, it's a mixture of art, science, and choose your own adventure. Uh, how cool is that? <laughs> um, yeah. Crypto news even. I mean, like, yeah, I get it. It's entertaining. Um, it eats up tons of capacity on the Ethereum mainnet. But again, like, when humans are set to their own devices, they do interesting things. <laughs> exactly. And very unpredictable things as well. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of being human, right? There's no rote program. Everyone has their their quirks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, what are some of the biggest hurdles you have had as a company, and how did you fix those? Yeah, so so one of the biggest hurdles for us um, since I joined, at least, was really just gaining legitimacy in the banking community, um, understanding all the regulation or, or lack thereof of regulation when it comes to the token universe, um, thinking about ways we can make that better. And I think there are tangible results there. I mean, number one, um, you know, educating anyone that we could uh, about what a utility token or slash consumer token actually is, um, understanding, explaining how that would work 
uh, working heavily. I mean, Ken and I both went to Wyoming to to help craft that utility token definition with Caitlin Long because uh, it was important to us, right? We became activists because we wanted to make sure that our company would be solid and solvent. And that was the first time in U.S., on U.S. soil at least, that the utility token definition was on the books um, after that passed. It was HB 70 in Wyoming. Um, and now subsequent states are going to hopefully start passing the same legislation. But before that, there was nothing. There was nothing but, you know, the federal um, securities laws. That wasn't really helping us as an industry. So, you know, thinking about where to domicile, we want to stay in the U.S., but the way things were structured, especially when I first joined, which wasn't that long ago, it was just October, um, <laughs> you know, our, our conversations were, is it Switzerland or is it Singapore? Like, what do we do? How do we do this? We want to stay here, but it's very unclear. It's very uncertain. Uh, and we really don't know how, how to move forward. And one of my um, colleagues, I won't name his name, but he, he told me that, you know, it's like driving down a highway with no speed limit. People are getting pulled over and you're like, oh, well, I don't know the rules. <laughs> Very confusing. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think for us, you know, this is a new industry. We welcome it. We welcome uh, the learning experience. We welcome uh, getting down and dirty and, and helping to educate and, and help this industry mature, uh, especially in the U.S., but also beyond, and help explain and put legislation in place. This is why data was born. This is why we co-founded um, data. It's why we believe in it so strongly is because um, everything bleeds together and all, and all ships have to row in the same direction. Despite decentralization, there are some touch points of cohesive. Absolutely. I love the analogy of the driving and not knowing the rules because, of course, you're you're going to break them and you don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't take credit for that one. I, I won't. I won't. Uh, Low at the spot, so to speak. But yes, that was a very, very timely advice when I heard it. <laughs> I love it. So, Alana, where can people find more information about MetaX and about Digital Asset Trade Association? Sure. So, I will start. MetaX.io is the company site, and I believe it is adchain.org for adchain, and then it's digital asset org for data, and, and I'm happy to talk about any of that with anyone. So feel free to reach out to me. Wonderful. This has been Alana Gumber with MetaX and Digital Asset Trade Association. Alana, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day and weekend. You as well. You as well. Well, this has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, in their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, 
how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.